motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. Are you ready? Are you ready for a good time? We're back once again for another week of Eight of the K's Wrestle Talk. You're here with the $10 man. It's me, Anthony. <laughs> and here with me is a man who needs no introduction, but he's getting one anyway. It's the human podcast machine. It's Carl. It is me. It is me. And you know, they say that all podcasts are created equal. But you know, you look at us, you look at other wrestling podcasts, and you see that that statement's not true. Normally, if you're one-on-one with me, you've got a 50% chance of being the best. But I'm a charismatic freak, and I'm not normal. So you've got a 25% chance of being a better man. But then you add Anthony to the mix, and those chances of being better, they drastically go down. You see, us two versus other podcasts, they've got a 33 and a third percent chance of winning. But us, we've got a 66 and two third percent chance of winning, because they know they can't beat us. So they're not even going to try. So you take your 33% chance, minus my 25% chance, and you've got an eight and one third chance of being better. But then you take my 75% chance of winning. If we were to go one-on-one and add our 66 and two-third percent chance of winning, and we got 141 two-third chance of winning. See, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you or the podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Brilliant. I'm so impressed you got through that. And I hope, I sincerely hope everyone gets that reference. If you, if you don't get that reference, then you should not be listening to this podcast because that was probably eight. the greatest wrestling promo of all time. Uh, that's going to be, you know, shout out to Big Papa Pump. That was, yeah. <laughs> well done, Carl. I, I couldn't have done that. I'd have, I'd have tripped oh, up on you. that so much. <laughs> uh, right, guys. So here we are with another week. We've had a, a nice fun-filled week. Um, we've obviously had the, um, well, a pay-per-view and a half, should we call it? We had TakeOver and uh, SummerSlam. But uh, on top of that, we've got our normal This Week in Wrestling. So um, our unique segment for the week is actually going to be discussing the pay-per-views. So sorry who anyone who listens and enjoys random lists. I don't know, they'll come back next week, I guess. Um, Will it come back next week? Because we've got payback next week as well. I've realised oh, this before. Because yeah. now it's fucking pay-per-views every fucking week. That's true. Yeah, that's a, it's a randomly jumping on a, on a pay-per-view all of a sudden, aren't they? Like, we'll have that one next week. Which means, you know, oh. The Fiend's going to... Oh, oh, no, can't do any spoilers. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um... But yeah, so that's a good point. We might not be back next week, but at some point we're going to start making lists again because mm-hmm. everyone loves a good list. Um, but before we get into all that, Cal, and before I say too many M's, too many times, we have the ringside report. Now it's been a fun week for news. So should we give them the quick headlines? I think we should. So coming up in the ringside report, we have AEW bringing back live audiences. We have Tyson Fury hinting at a WWE return. We have Brock um on his talks of when will he be returning uh it was formerly just for anyone who wondered why i faltered for a sec there was formerly brock and roman but we've had some movements on that uh (laughs) (laughs) we've had the wwe network removing bret hart content we've had hideo atami calling his wwe run the most frustrating of his career we've had aj styles talking about the suggested jab he made at aew on his twitch stream we have wwe confirming their current stance on the return of the homophobic racist Lars Sullivan. We have Ray, Renee Young leaving WWE. We have the sad news of Buff Bagwell being involved in a serious car accident. We have the sad news of Karrion Cross suffering an injury. We have the suggestion of 
Rhea Ripley supporting fans on their call to fire the Velveteen Dream. And we have Britt Baker firing back at James Ellsworth over a comment he's made on Twitter. And as a special finish to the ringside report, we have a huge A to the K announcement from our one and only Carl. So we'll kick off the ringside report, if we could, Carl, with AEW bringing back live audiences. Mm. So for those who are unaware, which um, you shouldn't be at this point, but that's what we're here for, I suppose. Um, AEW have sell, are starting to sell limited tickets, and they're selling them in in sort of group bubbles, as it were. Now, there has been some difficulty over this. Apparently, it's starting as of this week. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Carl. Um, but there's already been some difficulty, sadly. You know, they, they started selling these tickets with um, with this sort of bubble idea of, like, you go in groups of families or whichever, um, and they were keeping the numbers limited, uh, so it's not going to be a full capacity audience, but it's going to be a live experience compared to obviously the, the Thunderdome stuff. Now, um, the difficulty we've had already is that we already know that a lot of these tickets have already been bought up and sold out with the suggestion that people are trying to sell these tickets on. Now, mm-hmm. Tony Khan has had to come out and make a, a statement to that effect and say that basically they're going to try and adhere as strictly to that as they can. And um, any any booking that is found to be like they've they've bought that sort of bubble and then split it up and sold the tickets on. Everyone's getting cancelled if they find that it's been sort of distributed out that way. So it seems like they're going to be ex- incredibly strict on it. Um, the the percentage coverage from a normal um, capacity of the arena uh, is down to 10 to 15% capacity. So it's, it is going to be quite small numbers, but obviously uh, much bigger than, than they've had for the last few months for just a few wrestlers in the audience. But uh, what do you make of this, Carl? I think there's a lot of suggestion that is it too soon? You know, WWE haven't gone back to this yet. Um, they've gone for a totally different approach, which we'll we'll discuss a bit further because it's been used a lot this week. But um, <laughs> do you think it's time? Do you think it's time to start bringing back live audiences? I mean, look, they've said 10 to 20% or something, haven't they, or 10 to 15%. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be a full sold-out arena with everybody coming into contact with each other. And they've gone about it in a smart way. They've, you know, yeah. they've sold them in allocated bubbles or sections of people who want to be together as one party, which is you know, which is allowed. So I think, you know, the main problem that has come up is, as you've said, like these tickets being resold by scalpers on the likes of Ticketmaster and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, it's that kind of thing that just spoils it for everybody because they've tried to go about it um, the right way. And, you know, there's a risk. Then. That's the thing. And for me, I, I'm, I would not going to talk shit on AEW for trying to do this because, you know, there's a level of personal responsibility. You know, these scalpers should be taking responsibility. The people buying these tickets when they know that they shouldn't should be taking responsibility. The likes of Ticketmaster and the like as well should be taking responsibility for knowing how this is being done. Um, but again, they're, they're going to do what they, as best they can with it. And, and like you say, the sh- that, that, we've seen the arena. It's, it's um, is it Dalby Palace? I, I can't remember the, the name properly now. Uh, I want to say Dalby's Palace. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they're, they're in the same venue. So we we know the size of it. 10 to 15 seems reasonable to keep everyone socially distant. Um, and I'd be intrigued to see it. I believe it's going to be this Wednesday that we're going to see the first set of um, you know actual audience members. So, um, you know, in, intrigued to say the least. And hopefully it goes well for them because, you know, you've got to test the waters with these things and, and people are starting to try to get back to normal. So, um, you know, hope it goes well for them. All I can say really on that. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know what I've 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 realized as well, especially over the last kind of week or so, like how important having a crowd is for wrestling events. Like I, I was watching definitely. some of the older promos of um like the Cody Rhodes promo that he cut. Um, you know, it was one of the best promos I've seen in a long, long time. And the, the, the way the fans were 
was so bought into it and like the stuff with Jericho early on and stuff like the fans don't half make the wrestling shows, do you know what I mean? And, and the stuff that WWE have tried with the Thunderdome, which we'll chat about in the um, you know, the results, it's it's not quite the same. So if they can start introducing fans back in, um, then God, I'm I'm all for it as long as it's like, you know, as safe as it Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um right, Carl, so do you want to move on to the next? So the next one, um, there has been a hint um from Tyson Fury that he may uh, be soon returning to WWE. So as we know, he um, had a bit of a programme previously previously with uh, Braun Strowman. Um, I believe I'm reading the article now on Sky Sports. Um, he was paid a reported $11.9 million for that one match. Are you shitting me? Um, but, wow, Saudi money. Um, but, <laughs> nice one, yeah, <Gary>. so, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, so he's, uh, he's posted a, a video on his Instagram page calling out Drew McIntyre. So basically saying anytime, any place, anywhere, buddy, kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, he's one. already he's already defeated the Universal Champion. So, uh, or did he win? <laughs> well, I can't even remember who he won. To be honest, <laughs> I didn't um, really pay much mind to the Saudi stuff. Do you know what? I, I can't remember. I think he might have won. You know, and then they were tag team for a bit, weren't they? But, uh, um, yeah, I'd, like by all accounts, he was going to be used at WrestleMania and stuff. Like they'd already mm-hmm. had plans to bring him back um, before like the world went to shit. So it's definite. Um, you can definitely see that they're gonna try and do something with him at some point in the future so it's good that he's kind of keeping this um this stuff going and he is you know continuing yeah, to tease I mean, he's clearly got an interest in coming back at some point hasn't he like you say he likes to put that tease out there and i think everyone would get a kick out of seeing him with um with drew i'm i'm always a little bit myself i'm a little bit apprehensive when you get celebrities outside of uh, wrestling sort of coming in and having a go um but with all due respect to other people who will be mentioned later in this podcast, you know, Tyson comes from a boxing background. At least it's, you know, uh, again, I probably anger a lot of people who go, wrestling's fake, but um, it's, it's, it's more similar than football or, you know, various other sports. So um, for me, I'm like, yeah, it might, it might gel over well. I mean, I don't know, cause you see UFC people come in and, and again, it, it is a different, it is a different experience, so I don't know. But we've we've seen Tyson do it before. He's he's okay, so um, I'm sure it'll go well enough. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd quite happily watch a match between him and Drew as long as Drew didn't fucking lose the title too. Well, yeah, I mean, WWE that kind of thing won't happen, surely. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see the Otis cash in at that point because why not? Why not? <laughs> it's just the fucking not to digress. It's just the worst cash in. Like, there's just no point that that's going to be any good. No, <laughs> we'll talk about that more when the results of um, SummerSlam come in. But it just, it's, I'm never going to be happy about Otis cashing in ever. <laughs> so, Carl, we have um, suggest well talks on the um, possible returns of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I know, Interesting. Right? Uh, in that, um, the writers have suggested that it's not going to be any time soon for either of them because there's no sort of stories currently being written or in progress that would involve them so the suggestion is even if they are coming back it's not going to be like you know i don't know SummerSlam or anything like that um so yeah just that one is just a quick note really a bit of intrigue that it seems like they've not got any i'll, I'll stop taking the piss um we all know <laughs> that uh, roman did show up so they were clearly throwing us um throwing us off there i think this news article was doing a bit of a job of throwing us off because uh, honestly the tagline for the whole night you'll never see this coming you'll never see that mm-hmm. everyone was saying it and it's like we're clearly going to get some sort of return or debut or something like that and to be fair like i'm not even going to claim that i saw this coming but i will say categorically guys 
Carl messaged me about this. So he did see this coming, right? But um, we did see Roman return. So, you know, we can't necessarily now take this news article to the bank and say, well, you've said that. But um, What's other... funny about it, though? Part of me thinks that it could have been a very legitimate news article. It would not surprise me if the fucking creative team had fucking no idea that Roman was coming back. And Vince just went, yeah, come on, turn up tonight and we'll bring you in. <laughs> yeah, Vince just turned up on the night. He's like, no, rip that one up. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, for me, and we'll talk about point. it. We'll talk about it when we come out to SummerSlam. But it felt to me like there may have been some stuff written which got scrapped at short notice. Around. I think you've got a point. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. There's, if a, they, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of questionable things from some... It was SummerSlam wasn't bad, but there's a lot mm. of things that we uh, we do need to discuss on that because there were some questionable elements to it, really. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's a, it's a fair point. It might, not, it might have been genuine at the time they said it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that, that one, a nice quick one. Doesn't look like we'll be seeing Brock anytime soon. Yeah. Maybe this um, Monday, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> tonight, <laughs> tonight he's going to be there. Um, so another quick one. Um, so some people noticed um, this past week that uh, several Bret Hart documentaries were taken off the WWE network. Um, so that led to a lot of kind of confusion and a bit of um, you know people wanting to know why that was. Um, so I don't think it's that menacing or anything to that regard. I think basically it comes down to the fact that um, Bret Hart owns all the stampede wrestling um library which was obviously his dad's promotion down in canada um and i think all these documentaries feature bits and bobs from stampede which brett owns so well, um, i found it interesting because um uh, forgive me if I'm, I'm rolling over a point you're going to make but apparently he doesn't he owns his matches doesn't he? he doesn't he only owns those particular matches and funnily enough the other people the people who own the rest of the stampede stuff WWE, so it's like yeah. ah, we don't own those. Okay, yeah, exactly. So I think um, yeah, it got brought to it got brought to his attention basically that some of his matches were being featured. So I think he, um, you know, by all accounts, this uh, the fucking executive VP of talent relations or whoever he is, this Mark Carano guy. Oh, sounds I like thought you meant John Laurinaitis. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he does now, but um, but Mark Carano is apparently you know by all accounts a bit of a cock because. You know, Brett had, had spoke to him about this, and he was like, "No, we own it. Take it with yeah, the legal team." You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, right, Brett had to, text, um, had to text Vince and text Triple H, and you know, in fairness to them, they kind of removed it all pretty swiftly. Um, by all accounts, Vince was quite quick to be like, "No, yeah, you're right. You know, he didn't yeah. didn't fuck around with it." Um, I think they spent a long time trying to get a relationship back with Brett. They're probably not over well, well, exactly. And I think um, by all accounts, Brett knew that. Um, did use some of the stuff in the past and things like that, but at the time, and obviously he's got uh, Natty still working there. We had uh, Tyson Kidd working there. We had um, D.H. Smith working there or whatever mm. the fuck he goes by now, Davey's son. Um, so, you know, I think he didn't want to ruffle any feathers there, but oh, I yeah. think he's, it's one of those. He owns them and they're not paying him for it. So, yeah. What I find interesting is, is the response being that they're like, yeah, you're totally right. We're sorry about that. And we'll take them down rather than going, yeah, you're right. We're sorry about that. How much she wants? She always well, has a you know. bit of belt tightening because you know they still pull a bit of interest. The old Bret Hart documentaries. Oh yeah, well I'm, I know I watch them, <laughs> but I am a Bret Hart fanboy. Yeah, um, Bret Hart fanboy. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's one of those, isn't it? You know, we've seen how to what lengths they'll go to, despite turning a record-breaking profit this year. They will sell people, uh, sell people. Fucking hell, not that bad. They will fire people, um, and therefore they are probably not that likely to purchase any rights or yeah. anything at the moment. So. No, it's fair. I mean. 
you know, you, you read all these things, but it, it must be tough times for for Vince. You know, I think um, I think he's only got one yacht at the minute. You know, it, it's belt tightening all around. It's who can live like that? Do you know what I mean? I know. Any spare couple of millions he does have, he spends it throwing it like fucking Pat McAfee or you know Tyson Fury. So yeah, or a ridiculously expensive coffee, probably just, <laughs> just Vince in it. <laughs> that is Vince. But um, yeah, it's it's nuts, isn't it? Like the ten and a great profit, but no, no, we've got to be careful about these things. Got to start firing people left and right. But uh, we'll you know we'll keep some. I'll get on to that's not the next news article. I'm gonna wait. Um, the next one, Carl, is um, do you remember NXT? having a fantastic wrestler by the name of Hideo Itami and his great run in NXT and all the great matches he had. Yes. Yes. Well, current New Japan star Kenta, who was formerly known as Hideo Itami, has uh, cited in an interview with Sports Illustrated that his period of um, well, the entire time he was in NXT, essentially, with WWE, was the most frustrating uh, time of his career. Um, he felt, essentially, that the um, the, the sort of he wasn't utilized correctly, I suppose, is the is the right is the most politically correct way of putting it. Um and yeah, it's it's an interesting one because considering we've had a few new Japan stars roll through NXT and do quite well. Uh, the biggest one cited uh well I was gonna say biggest one, but we've got the likes of Finn Balor and I know you're not a big fan of him, but Shinsuke. Uh both new Japan stars that have done really well. So I mean what what do you make of um Hideo's frustration with WWE, do you think that's merited or do you think it was more, you know, he wasn't the draw that he thought he was with the NXT crowd or? Um, I, I do think it was merited. You know, what? I'm surprised if he's, if he's saying that this is just to do with NXT because I think what happened is Triple H brought him over. You know, Kenta was huge um, before he came to NXT um, in Japan and it was seen as somewhat of a coup. Um, for Triple H to convince him to come over to the States. Mm. I know a lot of um, a lot of the people who watch New Japan a lot more than I ever did um, were like so excited for him. And I, in fairness, I think his initial run in NXT was fine, but I think it was then when it was trying to bring him up to the main roster and two hundred five mm. two hundred five live and everything like that. I just think in Vince's eyes, he was he was too small and yeah. he didn't didn't have the character and stuff. So. I will say because uh, he's he's not specifically said the NXT. Um, that'll be my mistake because I always put two hundred five and NXT together, even though they weren't at the time. Because um, mm. it's two hundred five is part of NXT now, isn't it? But yeah, um, he'll have been including that as well. I just put it together with NXT because that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, for me, I think it was probably just a case of Triple H was big on the guy, brought him over. Vince looked at him, was like, "Well, he can't really talk that much. He's a bit small. I don't want anything to do with him." <laughs> so. You know, mm. I, I think it was just. Yeah, I mean, we we know that Vince likes the bigger guys, so. Um, That's it. Which is why I'm so surprised the fact he loves AJ Styles, if I'm honest. But That's, I mean, to be fair, though, it's hard. Like AJ, he is great to watch in the ring, though. I, it, it it's hard not to be convinced oh, yeah. that he's absolutely because he's. I mean, you could argue that he wasn't great on the mic when he first came in, but even that's improved substantially. He's, he's, he's played a really good heel in the last few years. Um, some of his work with SmackDown, with the uh, WWE title, sorry, because they decided to fucking change them. Um, when the WWE title was with SmackDown and AJ had it, some of, that was some of the best work that SmackDown had. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's more than earned that respect from Vince anyway, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. And um, have you heard much from AJ Styles lately, Carl? Well, speaking of AJ Styles, <laughs> so there was some rumours circulating. Obviously, the the angle he's been having with um, Joseph Parks, the kind of um, 
analyst or statistician or whatever you want to call them where you're trying to find the best opponent um, a lot of people thought that that was WWE trying to take a jab at AEW so obviously they have the ranking system and all this kind of stuff um, so they've tried to put like two and two together but according to AJ that that's just never been the case at all it was just a, an independent story of bringing Joseph Parks into there and having a way to find his next opponent so um, yeah I, I don't know I think it probably is clutching straws, I think, to, to think that was the case. But I don't know, I'm keen to get your thoughts. Do you see any similarities in it? I don't know. I mean, I'm inclined to, like, I don't, I don't think, I'm more convinced by who it is, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, I don't think he's the type of wrestler to do that. Do you know, like, I, he doesn't seem petty enough from what, and you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, because I think he's probably got more friends there than anything. Um, I mean, I suppose it could have been a um, maybe a playful jab. But, you know, given the, the context of the, the alleged sort of joke in the statistician and, and, and the way um, Tony Khan is with the um, the records and that, um, it doesn't feel like he's making a jab at a friend either. And I don't think AJ would be the type to... I, I think people are reading too much into it personally. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, if it was a joke, then it was a shit joke because I didn't make any yeah. connotation between the two. No, um, I, the I must admit, that. I didn't... Until I read this, I didn't connect it. You go, okay, maybe you could connect it but it's not as if they have an on-screen character who's all about the stats which is exactly what um abyss was doing exactly That's right. i'm calling him abyss <laughs> um so yeah i don't know i think that one's a bit of a reach to be honest i don't think yeah I, I think it's well. a bit I, I can totally I, I can believe him when he says that that was not sort of a uh, and, it, and it, or it, the connection wasn't there for him um you know People like to see, there's a lot of like back and forth hate between um, WWE and AEW. Well, it's nice to see that uh, what a lot of see of, I see a lot of now is people being like, oh, why can't you just like both shows? I like both shows. And it's like, yeah, let's get more of that because enjoy wrestling. Mm. doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. You know, there's going to be good matches on both. It's going to be good shows on both. I mean, yeah, we report every week that AEW is better, but that's just because we're reporting <laughs> the facts. <laughs> <laughs> So, Carl, um, we were talking earlier about WWE and their, um, their current approach with certain stars and releases and the like. And I am not wishing releases on anyone, but one of the surprising people that they kept was uh, one, Lars Sullivan. Um, now, he is sort of making the, the news this week because uh, there's been speculation about his return because he's put up some videos of... Um, he was originally out on a knee injury. Uh, and he's put up some videos of some sort of workout routine in which it seems like he's, he's you know, he's fighting fit, he's ready to return. And apparently that hasn't registered really with Triple H and with WWE. And it's been said now that, um, you know, Sullivan returning isn't just a, is he is he free from injury? Is he is he ready to come back? The, they've been cited as saying there's a lot of issues with Lars um, sort of citing his, um, his emotional state. Um, I believe he's had some issues in that sense. The bigger issue and the bigger thing that was noted, which is why it's surprising he didn't seize the opportunity to release him, was um, the comments that had surfaced on, I think, I want to say it was Reddit, Carl, possibly Twitter, mm. but comments he previously made that were both homophobic and racist. Um, and then the, the, the incredible sort of, is it irony, that um, it, evidently he was, uh, he'd starred in, in gay porn. So being homophobic was uh, surprising to say the least. Now, obviously, he's obviously, you know, you could argue he struggled emotionally with coming to terms. With, I mean, it seemed like he was fairly two terms with that. But um, it seems like, I don't know, there's some sort of denial or some issue there. But you still can't get around the um, the racist issue. I'm not giving an excuse for his homophobic comments, by the way. But, um, 
you know, even if you argue, like, you know, he was struggling emotionally with himself and so on, you know, there's still no excuse for the racist elements of it. So they've, they've had a lot of issue with him in the past and, and he seems to have um, varying different sort of snafus and, and things like that with, uh, with the news, let's say. So, um, I, I'm, again, it, being as low down in WWE as he is in the sense of, like, you know, he's not on the main scene. I've not seen him on SmackDown or Raw. I've not seen him promoted massively. Um, so he's not a big deal as far as the, the, the entire company goes. And the amount of issues he seems to have gravitated towards himself, I'm, I'm very surprised he didn't seize that opportunity. Not that I'm wishing it on him, but you think he would have been named in those releases. Yeah, but, it's um, a strange one with him, really. He, he had yeah. an absolute mare because he was meant to be brought over to the main roster as like this big star. And I think he ended up having a big um, panic attack. Yeah, um, I think I remember you saying that because wasn't he meant to debut on the main roster and, and he sort of they had to make a last minute change because he sort of copped out of it. Yeah, he basically couldn't go through with it. Um, but then, you know, by all accounts as well, he's uh, he's apparently such a keyboard warrior and um, says a lot of hard, uh, harsh, horrible things um, about a lot of topics which he shouldn't really be talking about. Really, so yeah, um, yeah it's definitely a bit of a bit of a mind fuck. The fact that he's still on the roster and he's ready to come back. Like, what what do you do with him? Um, especially with all the stuff going on, um, which I know we'll be speaking about shortly with uh, with Velveteen <laughs> at the minute as well. It's like how how much more of a uh, WWE, if, they, if they keep up, they're gonna to have to go radio silence with any media, aren't they? Like, well, exactly. What's going on with him? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got a full new day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, and um, you know, hopefully, it, it all works out in the end. But for me, like, if he it, he needs to get to a point that he's not gonna. Like maybe stay away from social media completely by the looks of the the way things have gone from in the past. I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be hard to book him going forward because it seems like people aren't willing to forget, and especially in the day and age we're in now, Carl, where everything gets cancelled and everyone gets cancelled. Um, you know, I can't see them letting it go anytime soon either. So I, I understand WWE not going. Yeah, let's get him back in the scene now. He's fighting fit. You know, makes a bit of sense. Yeah, interesting to see how that one develops. I will say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of developing. It's a poor, poor segue, Carl, but there you go. Um, so this actually is a developing story. So I think at the time we, we had it in the uh, in the notes, um, you know, it was believed Renee Young was going to be quitting WWE. And we weren't sure when that would be, et cetera, et cetera. Well, she's quit, and it was yeah. last night. Bye. <laughs> um, so by all accounts, that was Renee's last, uh, last date, uh, which she's worked. Um, she posted a message earlier today just kind of saying, like, she's been there for eight years. She's loved every minute of it, got to travel everywhere, met her, you know, husband or partner. Like, are they married? I think they're married. Met her husband there. We'll go with marriage. Um, Why not? Yeah, and all that, all that kind of thing. So, um, it's got yeah, a good point. Um, it's nice to see that she's not just like leaving under any sort of cloud because I don't, I don't think she's ever truly cited her, her reasons for leaving um, past years new because there's a lot of speculation is she going to AEW and that sort of thing. But it's nice to see that she's not leaving with the sort of aggression that people tend to leave with with WWE of like, well, fuck you guys. You know, well, she's just it. like, yeah. you know, I've had a great time there, a great experience there. And yeah, she's totally right. She's traveled the world. She met the love of her life, apparently. Um, you know, so, if, you <laughs> know. Really fell life. for his lunatic fringe. Um, but, <laughs> all of that yeah, fringe so anyway. I think, I think as well, by all accounts, I think she's still signed with Fox. So I do believe ah. she'll still be on backstage or whatever it is that they decide to do with that. Yeah, because they're, um, they're not done with it, are they? They're, they're not bringing backstage back as it was, was the comment they made last, and mm. she was the host of backstage, so you make a good point. 
Yeah, so I think maybe we'll still see her in some capacity, but I think it would be fucking crazy if she's uh, if she does go to AEW as some kind of on-screen talent, but then is on you know the WWE backstage as well. Like that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not I'm not yeah. sure what she'd offer to AEW and all. No offense, Renee. You know you you're good at what you do, but like, would you really notice it in AEW? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it depends on what capacity they bring her in for. I suppose if it, if she's just there as like a backstage interview segment or something think, like that. I then... think that's probably it for me though. That I don't. I don't see a lot of that. You do see it, but like, I don't know, it doesn't seem as prevalent as it is in WWE where you're backstage constantly. Yeah. You know, so you need Kayla and you need Renee. It seems like AEW are more about the action. It might be, I might get some heat for that, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we wouldn't see her all that much if she went to AEW, is my point. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't know what capacity they would use her in, but I think she's a. I think from her latest comments, she's not really sure herself what she wants to do, but she wants to continue to be like a trailblazer and find something new that she gets super excited about. So it's going to be an eyebrow raiser. A cookbook. <laughs> I know she's doing a cookbook and stuff at the minute, so maybe you know she, she may not even stick with wrestling or anything. I'm not really sure, but you know I've I've enjoyed her um, on the screens and stuff. I think the stuff she's done with like talking smack was really good back in the day with Daniel Bryan and stuff. I think she's always quite comical. You know, she's the first woman announcer on Raw, um, first woman in Saudi. Um, did she even commentate on WrestleMania at one point? You know, she's definitely I feel like she did. a trailblazer. Like, well, um, that's the thing. I mean, it's easy to um, to look past those sort of contributions because everyone looks at the, the, the stars in the ring. But yeah, like, you know, she's made some big strides for women in that sort of industry as well. Like, how, uh, all my childhood, did you really get any women commentators? No. And by all accounts as well, everybody absolutely loves her. Like, the, if you look at the the amount of support and people saying that like not only was she like an awesome person she was like you know always there for people and stuff like that like i've um i've watched a few episodes of total divas or total bellas or whatever in the past um mainly trying to try and get jen into wrestling more than anything but also yeah. because <laughs> see it's the reality stuff. show um exactly <laughs> um which it kind of kind of worked to be fair but i know she was on that and every time i saw her on there i thought she was um just pro- just like proper cool and stuff so yeah definitely wish her all all the best in whatever it is that she chooses to do um and you know i think she, she was a great asset to wwe so yeah wonder wonder what is next be an interesting one to see so without any segue because i don't know how to do that um the next one i've got carl is uh, do you remember buff bagwell back in the day do real uh well it's slightly sad news but um basically he's been involved in quite a serious car accident um it was over the weekend so uh, you know a little while ago now for us but um and basically he's uh he's ended up hitting a curve in some way and then ultimately crashing into a freestanding bathroom a bus station so you know quite substantial damage to property and the vehicle but um he has been cited as being he was sent to the intensive care unit uh, and he'd suffered broken ribs a broken right hip broken left socket bone broken nose and a torn right groin muscle so he is properly fucked himself up there um mm. and not to speculate but this is apparently the um you know the second mishap he's had in the last decade in terms of vehicle uh, accidents suffering one in 2012 as well so um yeah more just hopefully he gets uh you get uh, you can't even get well soon can you hopefully he recovers well enough you know and um and you know it's not too emotionally uh draining but uh yeah a sad one to see and um yeah crazy one really we're seeing a lot of uh a lot of damaged wrestlers lately yeah speaking of damaged wrestlers Anthony. <laughs> 
Thanks for teeing me up on that one. Oh, yeah, you know, you've um, got to try these. <laughs> so, an absolutely gotten one, really. So, um, spoilers, potentially. You fine, you fine with the spoilers? We'll do the spoilers. There's no way of talking about this as a news article without uh, spoiling <laughs> some stuff. Okay. Well, um, yeah, well, so, Maybe we could remain questionable over who won. Uh, yeah. Well, one of the competitors from the main event, <laughs> who just so happens to be carrying cross, whether he won or lost. Who may or may not have won. Um, so, uh, he actually sustained a, what looks to be a separated shoulder, um, during his match with Keith Lee at TakeOver. Um, so he, you know, by all accounts he did, um, you know, was able to kind of go on and finish the match and, you know, um, take part in some big kind of spots yeah, as well. As not, part yeah, not only go on to finish the match, he, he, he lifted that behemoth of a man that is Keith Lee. With a torn yeah. shoulder. Fucking he did, which fair, is fair play. still... I knew you put your character impressive. across as crazy carrying, but fuck me, that was crazy. Well, yeah. Um, so, obviously, that is a very... Um, you know, with, with the kind of the push he's been getting of late, it's a very unfortunate time, I would say, for him to pick up an injury like this. Uh, I think... And I don't know where I'm getting this from. I'm just going to throw random stuff out there. Do you think this might possibly be a bit of a work, or do you think he has genuinely suffered this injury? No, I think he probably has um, mm. suffered it. To be fair, I think yeah. um, similar to when you know Balor um, injured it with Seth Rollins in in, in his title match. Um, you know that was a fucking shoulder as well, wasn't it? I think you know hopefully it's it's nothing too serious. I believe he's gone for an MRI scan today. Yes, um, we'll, we'll hopefully have more news on that. Well, won't be. It'll be old news by next week, but hopefully there'll be more out on that. Anyone who's interested, you should get some more information tomorrow. Worst case, but yeah, he was meant to be going today, wasn't he? Yeah. So hopefully, you know, he doesn't miss like too much ring time. Hopefully not at all. But yeah, we'll definitely know more today. Um. So yeah, watch this space. We'll uh, we'll let you know how he is. Keep on tweeting, guys. You'll find out. <laughs> um. Yeah. So moving on, Carl. We've had some speculation over. Um. Firstly, I'll give you a bit of background. Actually, so. Velveteen Dream made his return to NXT. Um, spoilers, because we're probably going to talk about that this week. What was it last week? Anyway. Um, and then he was there for NXT TakeOver. And we're at NXT TakeOver, a, one of the, th- the fans who have um, got these digital tickets to the Thunderdome to be on one of the screens, took that opportunity to put up a sign that said, Fire Velveteen Dream. Um, now, this apparently got that, that said fan banned from the Thunderdome. You know, so um, I don't know how you get banned from somewhere that you never physically <laughs> went to, but uh, presumably he, you know, they don't answer a Zoom call anymore. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, so the the reason uh, this has become a little bit more interesting, contentious maybe, is that um, when this has been posted on social media, people say, "Oh, look at this," you know, and they put the picture up of the screen that said "Fire Velveteen Dream." One of the people who liked the post was one Rhea Ripley. So this has led people to to wonder or speculate, you know, is she expressing some sort of frustration in the fact that WWE have chose to sort of, because there's a lot of talk of like WWE haven't really investigated properly and they shouldn't be back and this, that, and the next thing. Um, and, it, you know, this now leads to people going, see, you know, look, she's she's quietly frustrated. That's why she's like the post and, and so on like that. Um, and don't be wrong, I don't think she'd have liked it accidentally. I think she'd have known what she was liking and she might not agree with the fact that he's back. But um what, what do you make of it? Do you think that because it's not as if she's gone on a sort of rant on social media? She's she's like the post at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Um, but what, what yeah, do you make I of mean, it? Carl? Well, by all accounts, I you know I don't think many people are happy about it. Um, a lot of people have kind of said if you watch the the performance center fans um, whenever Velveteen came back and in the matches he's had since he has come back. 
that they don't really kind of cheer or pop for him or make any kind of reaction at all, really. Mm. Um, which is leading people to think that, you know, everyone's pretty pissed with the fact that he's back. Um, so, you know, I, I'm guessing that there's a few people like that. So fair play, I guess, to, to Rhea Ripley, if that is that is the case, because she's obviously not holding back. But yeah, it seems like it's a, um, it's a sensitive situation, shall we say. Yeah, it, well, it, I mean, I must admit, it is surprising that WWE have brought him back so quickly and so sort of, let's brush this under the carpet then, because it was quite a contest, because it all happened, he actually happened just before the speaking out movement, didn't he? But we've had a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Um, and, you know, it, it's still all very up in the air. There's a lot of wrestlers still being outed. There's a lot of um, things coming to light. And I think, you know, whilst it's still speculative about Dream, as much as I'm like, if you're innocent, you shouldn't have to suffer from it. You know, at the end of the day, if they're still paying them and they're getting them to be not on screen until it's been fully investigated, that just makes sense. I'm quite surprised they took the stance of bringing them back. It's almost a statement in itself, isn't it? Yeah. So the next one, I think, is your good self, Cal. Yeah, so the next one. Um, so as we know, Adam Cole took on uh, Pat McAfee um, at NXT TakeOver. Um, and by all accounts, I'm interested to get your thoughts, but um, he didn't do a bad job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can talk about it now if you'd like, um, and we can breeze over it on when we're talking TakeOver. I feel like, in fact, we will talk about it now because I feel it's relevant, right? Pat McAfee did a better job than a lot of people coming into WWE tend to do in his position. You know, he definitely did better than the Gronk, but um, he did really well. Like for someone who's not a wrestler, he, you know, he, he went for some high spots and he looked awesome. But in relation to this article, Carl, and it'll make sense when, when you discuss it, but that for me, a lot of that was down to Adam Cole. Yeah. So I think it, it's not just that Pat McAfee come out and look good. I think someone made him look really good. Yeah. Do you well, feel the um, same way, by the way? Do you, do you feel he, he had a good showing? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd, he, he definitely he definitely impressed me that he, um, you know, the, the level of ability he's shown and like... Um, Look at that high spot. Kind of he, athleticism he as well. sort of made that flip into the... Um, well, it was the Undisputed Air and some the of his... Of rises, yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, he, um, he, that was a hell of a move to pull off when, you, when you're not a wrestler. Like, and you've, you've done some level of training, obviously, but, you know, he's not been in the biz as long as half of these people and, and he's, he's going for stuff like that, which wasn't reckless because he, he pulled it off, you know. It's not like he was doing it and it was like, oh, fucking hell, that nearly missed. He did do it. Yeah, definitely. Good. And, like, um, I think from, like, an agility standpoint as well, like the way you could jump from, like, the... the bottom of the ring to the top turnbuckle they might one leap and stuff like I was very impressed but I think you know yeah. a lot of that depends on your dance partner as well and Adam yeah. Cole was fantastic um, throughout well, we, the whole kind of thing. We know from from history with Adam Cole like he's a man who should be on the main roster and hopefully will be but we know that he's great at, at selling people as well like he, he can sell a yeah. move um, he, he's, he, he works really well in the ring that's one of the reasons he was one of the longest standing or was is the longest standing NXT champion in history um, yeah. but yeah like Fair play to both of them. And um, Pat McAfee, not to sideline this um, news article, but he's he's apparently very, very much and very keen on being a full uh, wrestler. Like, he, he'd love to do it full-time. So we might see a lot more of him, which in previous weeks, anyone who's listened to our previous podcast, um, I'd have to eat my words on that because I was, like, not, not into this at all. It annoys mm. me and so on and so on. But, he, you know what, seeing him in the ring, fair enough. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Well, um, you know, by all accounts, he um, also impressed uh, James Ellsworth. Um, who well, he's, he's a tough man to impress as well. <laughs> well, he sent out a tweet um, basically saying, 
you know, I think McAfee had come out and said like he's made a million dollars in different businesses and stuff like that, wherever he's he's been involved in. So James Ellsworth came out and tweeted, you know, give Pat McAfee a million dollar deal. To which, interestingly, um, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, DMD. <laughs> the girlfriend of Adam Cole, um, responded to that tweet with, hey, give Adam Cole a million dollar deal. Um, which is very interesting because... You know, it's a very fair and valid point, isn't it? If, oh, yeah. if, you, if you see the you see the Saudi money we were saying before with Tyson Fury, that's getting oh, yeah. thrown around to these guys. And you know, by all accounts, Adam Cole's not making a million bucks a year. So it's crazy. You know, it? Why why would you bring no matter how good of a show any had, why would you bring someone in who by all accounts is a celebrity? I've never heard of the dude of Monist. I mean that well, that's probably the case of us being Brits. You know, we're, we're limeys, yeah. we don't know. We what? That's well, not exactly. Football. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. um, so um, you know, but, but, he's obviously yeah. famous over there. Yeah, but yeah, Jesus, like, imagine that if they gave him a million dollars. I think you could understand massive frustration. I think Britt Baker's hit the point, and this is not, you know, I'm sure Adam Cole has his own view on it, and I'm sure it it might mirror what she said. But like, he's done his absolute best to put over Pat as well, and then Pat comes in on a better deal. Like, you'd be so pissed off when you the time oh, and yeah. effort you've put into that company, and how good you've made that person look has got them a million dollar deal, and you're not quite there. Mm. I'll be honest, if I was in Adam Cole's shoes, I would be sat there quietly fucking raging all the time that Braun Strowman makes more money than me. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad. That's yeah. a, never mind, Pat McCaff. That's the biggest affront to Adam Cole as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, crazy one, though. Absolutely crazy. And fair, fair play to Brit. She's not pulling any punches there, is she? No, and she's, she's right as well. Like, you know, by, by all accounts, giving some plaudits. But, you know, let's let's actually look at it. The guy who made him. I think it's probably like if McCaff's making that sort of money elsewhere, they probably would have to offer him something substantial to, to come away for WWE on a regular basis, which is a bit disheartening, really. Isn't it? Mm. And that's the last one for the news, Carl. But as promised earlier, we have a very exciting announcement, a huge announcement for A to the K. Carl, I'll uh, yeah. pass the mic over to the figurative mic over to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, thank you. Uh, okay. Um, so yes, big announcement. Um, so as you may or may not know, I've not long turned 32 years of age. What? I know, right? I've had a hard paper round. But um, you'll also know from listening to this podcast that I'm a bit of a wrestling fan. Um, mm-hmm. You may have heard me say I started watching wrestling around 1992 when I was just three years old. You know, I remember the Royal Rumble vividly for that year. I remember the, re- the subsequent WrestleMania. And I've been watching it all the way through up until today. And there was several points in my life where I decided I'm going to become a pro wrestler. I even trained a bit. I started at a company called Garage Pro Wrestling, which is now Grand Pro Wrestling, and then also at Nitro, uh, Nitro Pro Wrestling Alliance as well. Um, but you know, at the time, based on the location, um, you know, the travel requirements, the fact that I had college and stuff as well, I just never really kind of carried on it uh, with it, and thus the the dream was dead. But I have decided. I don't want to give up on that dream. I dreamed, dreamt, dreamed, dreamt. I dreamt of being a wrestler at one point in my life. And so, you know what? For one night only, I will. So I'm officially announcing for my 33rd birthday, the 16th of July, 2021, an event known as the Rollins Rumble. And together with the A, who puts the A and A to the K, my buddy Anthony here, we are going to book our own wrestling show in which I will make my wrestling debut and also retirement match in the same <laughs> night 
Love but it. ultimately, I will realise my dream of becoming can, a pro wrestler. Can we please get a retirement speech from you as well? Uh, that's <laughs> it. It's been a great run. <laughs> that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, uh, the, the, Terry, the Terry Funk retirement speech. Forever! Forever! <laughs> For about 30 minutes. Um, and, uh, yeah. You know what? I, I think this will probably be... Carl mentioned a little while back about... Not to digress slightly, but you'll see where I'm coming... He mentioned a little while back about um, doing a, a bit of a, an A to the K sort of unscripted where we, we have a few drinks and we just talk about wrestling. So this may be, I won't talk too much as my point because I think this will probably be topics for that. But I can, I can assure you like Carl's love of wrestling has gone back a very long time. And I know Carl, I've known him since we were kids. And once he sets his mind to something, he'll make it happen. Um, and I can promise you we've we've spent many of our high school years Injuring each other in one way or another with botched wrestling moves. So he's, he's got the chops. I'd always got the chops. I, I can distinctly remember. And again, these are all stories for this unplanned stuff we're going to do. But uh, I can distinctly remember a, a botched F5 in, an all, in a hallway in our high school, which I don't think you were too happy about, Carl. You might still not be, actually. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, I don't remember that one. It might have hit my head a bit too hard. No. But uh, countless rock bottoms and pedigrees. And this wasn't just me and Carl. Like, our entire year were fucking nuts on wrestling at that time. It was just the attitude. That's what it was. But um, high school kids love wrestling. Yeah, we were constantly injuring each other. And, and In fact, like, and I, it's a shame because I don't think it was ever recorded. And anyone, if anyone from our high school is actually listening, which would be interesting, um, they can vouch for this. But our drama... Um, class <laughs> even put on like I don't it, it wasn't even meant to be about wrestling but that was ultimately where it went and we just set up like a fucking Royal Rumble for the last part of this this um, drama uh, thing I, what was it meant to be I don't even know you know what I, we I didn't do any know. of the acting I'm, we just did the Royal Rumble I remember it started off as some sort of like witch story or something because I remember <laughs> someone saying like hoil 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 and tumble I announce a Royal Rumble or something like that then all yeah, the lads just came it, in and just started decking each other yeah, so I think that the idea was like magic turned us all into wrestlers or some shit. But <laughs> nonetheless, like that's how ingrained wrestling was into our high school. Like, like they it ended up being a drama production as well. Um, but the, again, going back to the to the announcement, like I, I'm very excited to see how this works out, Carl. I think um, it's been a very long time in the making, to say the least. Well, that's it. I um, you know, I I thought about doing something crazy like this for a while now, and I thought, you know what? It's never going to happen unless I just put it out there and say, do you know what? We're doing it. So we are doing it. Um, and it's one night only, 16th of July, um, 2021. And it will be in support of a charity very close to my heart. Um, this is the Alder Hay Children's Hospital. So they've helped my son. Um, they've helped uh, my nephew as well. Um, and, you know, they helped thousands of children. Yeah. Um, so they've, so they've even helped my son. So, you know, they, there you they, go. You know. We're, we're local lads in a sense, you know. So um, that that's the, the sort of the go-to children's hospital. It's one of the best children's hospitals around us, and um, well, it's such a deserving um, cause as well. Yeah, definitely. So this will be a charity wrestling show. You know, we'll we'll try and do everything we can to just make as much money for that charity, but also, you know, effectively, it's my thirty-third birthday party. And, you know, why sit there and have a couple of drinks and a barbecue or something when you can go and get tossed around the ring and, you know, get your ass kicked. So and that is the plan. probably still be cake. Yeah, probably cake. The get well soon cake when I'm in the hospital yeah. with broken yeah. limbs and that. But, you know, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. so, Sorry, it hurts to eat. <laughs> yeah. You know, can, can, you get, can you get cake down a feeding tube? Who knows? We'll find out. But, um, so as of the, as the time of this podcast, um, 
we are looking 325 days away at the time of nice. this recording. So we've got a bit of time to get our thoughts together and, and get it all um, in place. But it will be the Roland Rumble. It will I be my debut. The, the date is set. Yeah. The, date is the set. announcement has been made. Yes, we are not going to take over the podcast with it, but we will be keeping you up to date on developments as they come up. We need to find venues. We need to get people involved. We need to get sound engineers, light engineers. We need to get wrestlers involved. We need to get music sorted, don't we, Carl? Yeah, we um, various bits like that. There's going to be a ton of fun stuff and a totally interesting experience for, for both of us from that side of it. Um, and we might come out of it with a love for, for being bookers. You know, you never know. Yeah, but um, at the end of the day, it's going to be a hell of an experience and um, one that we're hopefully going to share with you as, as we as we develop over the next 325 days. Five days, yeah. Um, so, you know, keep listening, keep watching the social media. Uh, as we develop and as we get these announcements, we will be making them and we'll be keeping everyone up to date with the progress on it. 